Alright, welcome back to Healthspan. This is Michael. This is part two of Ben Greenfield's Boundless Longevity Decoded Chapter. And in this episode, I'm going to be giving you tips and tricks on ways to improve your health and longevity. So we're going to begin the discussion with injections. So in addition to stem cells, other injectable compounds can also have potent anti-aging effects. And one of these compounds is peptides. So if you listen to Ben Greenfield, you know he's a big fan of certain peptides. And what peptides are, are small proteins that consist of amino acids that are linked in chains. And when they're administered via injections, certain peptides are efficacious for things like joint healing, mitochondrial support, focus, energy, deep sleep, and also longevity. And the way peptides work is that they help regulate the activity of certain molecules in your body. And because of this, they influence body functions in several ways and can often act like certain things in your body like neurotransmitters or hormones. And he puts here that the characteristic of peptides that allows them to slow aging is due to the fact that they've been shown to shortcut the protein synthesis process. This means that when peptide bioregulators are active, organs can build and, t- build and tissues can develop easier and faster than the normal. So some specific peptides he often talks about are BPC-157 and TB-500, and both of these help enhance healing and recovery. So BPC-157 stands for Body Protection Compound 157, which helps protect and heal our gut. And we know the importance of having a healthy gut. And BPC-157 can also have this anabolic healing effect in both upper and lower GI tracts, and it also has this anti-ulcer effect, and it also produces therapeutic effects on certain inflammatory bowel diseases like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease as well. So if you're suffering from some sort of inflammatory bowel disease, BPC-157 might be something to look into. And BPC-157 also has been known to accelerate wound healing uh, via its interaction with the nitric oxide system and also protect endothelial cells and also help build blood vessels. And the second compound I mentioned, which is TB500, this stands for thymosin beta-4, and this helps in wound repair and healing, particularly because it acts on actin and myosin fibers, which are in our tendons, ligaments, and muscles. And TB500 also offers the same effects as growth hormone, and some of the stuff growth hormone does for us is increases our muscle growth, improves our endurance, uh, reduces pain and inflammation, increases flexibility, and can also increase growth hair, hair, hair growth as well. So another peptide he talks about is epithelon. And epithelon is this compound that has been shown to directly activate the tel- telomerase enzyme in humans. Now you remember telomeres are these end caps of our DNA that help protect it from DNA damage and, and cancer uh, causing errors. And Another, another study done with epithelon showed that uh, there's a study examined that 79 uh, coronary patients over the course of 12 years found that the group treated with this peptide, epithelon, enjoyed improved physical endurance, circadian rhythm, and lipid and carbohydrate metabolism compared to the control group after three years of twice yearly treatment. So not only can it help with protecting our DNA by activating this telomerase enzyme, it also been shown to uh, protect, protect us, uh, you know, improve our f- physical endurance, 
circadian rhythm, and also improve lipid and carbohydrate metabolism, uh, which are all important as we get as we get older. Now, two other compounds I wanted to mention were humanin and MOTSC. Now, these both have been shown to have cytoprotective actions against a variety of stresses and diseases, including oxidative stress, hypoxic damage to the brain, and oxidized LDL cholesterol. And it also helps in the repair of our mitochondria, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later. Now, this MOTSC is another compound. It's a potent metabolic regulator that significantly decreases the risk of age-related diseases and also acts a bit like an exercise in a bottle via activation of AMP kinase pathway, which I talk about a lot, and has this exercise mimicking effect on fat and muscle. And it even induces weight loss in mice fed a high-fat diet. So again, to summarize the peptides he is a big fan of, BPC-157, TB-500, Epithelon, Humanin, and MOTSC. So those are some peptides you can look into. Uh, these are some uh, fairly expensive stuff, but it's worth giving it a try if you have the money for it. So I'm going to be moving forward and talk about the next stuff you can inject into yourself, which is the platelet-rich plasmas, or PRPs. This is another thing that Ben Greenfield is a big fan of, and what platelet-rich plasma is, is so if you, if you think about our, our red blood cells, our, our blood, you know there's many components in our blood, and one of the components in our blood is plasma, which is this sort of extracellular fluid, and within this plasma, you have high amounts of platelets. So platelets are these little things that help in the clotting process, but they, they not only help with the clotting process, they also help with uh, certain other things as well because they contain a lot of growth factors in them. So platelets can actually be administered to sites of pain or injury to, to supply stem cells, protein, and other growth factors that help speed up recovery. So the way it works is the growth factors released after the platelets break down via a process called degranulation can aid in the treatment of tendons, ligaments, muscles, cartilage, injuries, as well as uh, osteoarthritis. And there's a, there's a thing going around in Hollywood and uh, there's this thing done a lot by the Kardashians, which is like these vampire facials, which is essentially PRP getting injected in, into your face. And this helps treat any sagging skin, any fine lines, wrinkles, scarring. Uh, and it does this by promoting collagen growth underneath our skin. So uh, PRP is another thing you can look into. Again, probably pretty expensive, uh, but maybe worth it. So I'm, that's it for injections. Next, I'm going to move on to mitochondrial support. And we know it's very important to help support our mit mitochondria because, as everyone knows, this is the powerhouse of our cells. This is the molecule in our body giving us, or this is the organelle in our body helping us produce ATP. And one of the things that can help in mitochondrial support is NAD. So if you listen to my podcast with my podcast of Lifespan, uh, Lifespan by David Sinclair, we talk about NAD extensively. But again, to summarize, NAD or nicotinamide adenide dinucleotide is a coenzyme that is produced by all living cells. And in its most basic function, it's able to receive and donate electrons during metabolic processes within your mitochondria, making it crucial for normal cellular metabolism. So in other words, uh, there's a bunch of enzymes in your body, and a lot of times they're not able to function unless they have coenzymes. 
So that's where NAD comes into place. If you have NAD, your mitochondria and all your enzymes can function better. And there's a stat that by the age 50, most people have only half the NAD they did in their younger years. And by age 80, NAD levels drop to only 1-10% to of their original value. value. So as we age, we know NAD declines. So we need things to help with NAD production. And NAD also promotes longevity by providing the same cellular benefits as associated with caloric restriction and exercise. So the loss of NAD means the loss of these benefits as well. So we know NAD, you can get it from either NR or NMN. Uh, NAD can also be activated via fasting, again, exercise, um, you know, things that are good for you. So that is NAD, and the other molecule is NR, or nicotinamide riboside. So this is actually a precursor of NAD. And when taken orally, NR, or nicotinamide riboside, is highly bioavailable and aids in mitochondrial energy production. So the way it works is NR has been shown to not only restore NAD levels in tissues, but also provide more NAD activity that can be attained from diet alone. And we know that this also helps slow cellular aging and improve many age-related metabolic problems like diabetes and neurodegenerative conditions. And in addition, NR has the potential to reduce the declining heart function, uh, improve high blood pressure, and and arterial stiffness that can accompany aging. So this is the importance of getting either NMN or NR, whether in, uh, in your diet or whether via its exercise, caloric restriction, or some way to activate NAD because we know NAD drops significantly as we age. Again, by age 50, most people only have half the NAD they did in their younger years. So I'm going to move on to the next compound, which is astaxanthin. And this is actually a compound I take myself. And astaxanthin is this carotenoid that is produced by single-celled freshwater algae. And when their environment becomes stressful due to excessively salty water or low nitrogen levels or high temperature, the algae produce astaxanthin in lipid droplets, which turn the algae cells bright red and allow them to survive these harsh conditions. And actually in humans, astaxanthin performs similar protective functions by promoting cellular survival. So astaxanthin, again, it's this compound produced by algae, and it's a very, very potent antioxidant and free radical scavenger. And as your mitochondria perform its functions, oftentimes they produce these things, free radicals like superoxide radicals, and these can have interactions with our proteins and our fats and our DNA and cause damage. So astaxanthin, what it does is it'll insert itself inside our cell membranes and mitochondrial membranes and prevent it from uh, any free radical production and help eliminate these free radicals. And he actually has a stat here that astaxanthin's antioxidant activity is 14 times greater than that of vitamin E, 54 times greater than beta-keratin, and 65 times greater than vitamin C, making it one of the most potent antioxidants. So if, if, there's, if there's any antioxidant you want to take out there, astaxanthin has to be at the top of your list. And it's actually also been shown to activate natural killer cells as well, which helps in our uh, innate immune system. And astaxanthin, again, is actually also fantastic for protecting uh, ourselves from skin radiation. So it's like a, an edible sunscreen almost. So if you don't enjoy wearing sunscreen, which you should, uh, you can also just take in astaxanthin.
Now, moving forward, I'm going to talk about uh, alpha-lipoic acid, or ALA. ALA is this, uh, another antioxidant within our mitochondria that is this free radical sc- scavenger, and it also help up, it helps upregulate your own antioxidant-producing abilities by sort of recycling used-up antioxidants like glutathione and vitamin C. And alpha-lipoic acid also helps maintain DNA integrity as you get older by protecting your epigenome. And it also activates telomerase, again, that enzyme that helps lengthen your telomeres, which are the ends of your DNA. And he states here about 200 to 600 milligrams per day is an optimal dose of ALA. Now I'm going to move forward to another molecule, sulforaphane. Uh, If you listen to Rhonda Patrick, you know she's a big fan of sulforaphane. Sulforaphane is a sulfur-based molecule found naturally in cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, kale, and Brussels sprouts, and cauliflower. And in the early 1990s, it was discovered that sulforaphane also had strong anti-cancer properties. And since then, it's really undergone extensive study to discover how it actually works. Now, it works basically via, again, this free radical scavenger. And it's also epigenetic, it's also an epigenetic modifier that protects epigenome and prevents any DNA deterioration. And it also helps with inducing autophagy, which is the cellular cleanup process in your body, and also helps stimulate production of more mitochondria to enhance energy output of each individual cell. So it has so many uh, so many various effects and they're all beneficial for you so sulforaphane get it from again cruciferous vegetables like broccoli brussels sprouts cauliflower stuff like that now the next molecule we're going to be discussing is crocetin so crocetin is this plant pigment flavonoid found naturally in red wine white wine jinko apples green tea and st john's wort and other other plants as well that are associated with longevity and it occurs particularly high in concentrations in capers, yellow chili peppers, and onions as well. So again, crocetin is a very powerful antioxidant, and some research indicates it may be one of the most potent flavonoids for combating free radicals in the body. And crocetin, sort of like sulforaphane, also helps enhance your own antioxidant-producing abilities, improving the production of glutathione, superoxid dismutase, catalase, and more. So it also acts as this anti-inflammatory by inhibiting the release, release of mast cells and histamines, and it may even inhibit the metabolism of resveratrol, making quercetin and resveratrol a potent one-two combo. So I talk about resveratrol extensively in Lifespan by David Sinclair. So if you can, if you can combine resveratrol with quercetin, you can get an even more powerful effect of resveratrol, which again helps activate sirtuins and protect your DNA, uh, etc., so that is the importance of getting crocetin in your in your diet, whether it's from red wine, white wine, jinko, green tea, or capers, or yellow chili peppers and onions. Now moving to the next molecule, which I take as well, is CoQ10, coenzyme Q10, which, which is a naturally occurring compound found in most aerobic animals. And it is this essential compound in the mitochondrial electron transport chain and also an antioxidant found in the plasma membranes and lipoproteins throughout your body. And one study observed that effects of high CoQ10 intake on old mice with age-related neurodegeneration 
found that CoQ10 improves spatial learning and reduces oxidative damage. So to, to make things more simple with CoQ10, what happens in our mitochondria is if you can think of your mitochondria as this chain link and you can think of it as certain compounds in your mitochondria and as electrons get passed down, what happens during that final step is your final molecule called ATP synthase actually helps pr produce ATP through like an electron gradient. And I know that doesn't sound very simple, but it's essentially what happening is electrons moving down a chain and you get uh, a gradient of hydrogen that goes through and that's, it, that's what's producing ATP. So CoQ10 helps in that process, thus helping you make more ATP uh, in, in simple terms. Now the next molecule I wanted to talk about was glutathione. So again, Rhonda Patrick, huge fan of glutathione. Glutathione is this antioxidant that occurs naturally in your body and also primarily, primarily consists of amino acids, glutamine, glycine, and cysteine. And he puts here that the depletion of glutathione has been found to induce loss of mitochondrial function due to the accumulation of damage to your mitochondrial DNA. And once transferred in your mitochondrial matrix, glutathione plays a role in defense against certain reactive oxidative, reactive oxygen, oxygen species and also detoxification of lipid hyperperoxides. So again, we're still on the, on the topic of supporting our mitochondria. So again, do this through NAD, do it through NMN, CoQ10, glutathione, sulforaphane, quercetin, and another molecule I want to talk about is pterostilbene. So pterostilbene is one of the bioactive components of blueberries. And some studies report that it is apoptotic and, and has, is, it has apoptotic and also autophagic effects. So in other words, it helps eliminate old and damaged cells. And one study has also been shown that pterostilbene exhibits strong anti-inflammatory capacities as well. And it's also been noted to inhibit lipopolysaccharide-induced autoimmune responses and may also inhibit the uh, inducible nitric oxide synthase activity that can cause inflammation in your body. So I know I'm kind of like running through this, but there's so much information here that I'm just kind of trying to get through it, but also explain as much as I can as well. Uh, and one of the final compounds I want to talk about in this mitochondria section is urolithin A. So urolithin is produced by the body after you ingest compounds like uh, pomegranates. And I wanted to read this passage here of like how it works. So he puts here, as you age, ATP production begins to put strain on your mitochondria and eventually energy output fail falls. But when exposed to urolithin A, these failing mitochondria are broken down and eliminated. So this process is called mitophagy or mitochondrial autophagy. Essentially, what's going on is you're getting rid of old, worn out mitochondria and you're producing more fresh mitochondria to help make more ATP. And he puts here that some of the earliest research on urolithin A was performed on C. elegans worms, which experienced a 45% longer lifespan than worms not given this compound. And rodents given urolithin A experienced markedly improved muscular function and clearance of damaged mitochondria. So compared to a control group, 
these rodents showed a 57 to 65% increase in exercise capacity and 42% increase in running endurance and a 9% increase in grip strength, all make markers that can correlate with longevity. So the takeaway point here is that urolithin A helps get rid of old mitochondria and helps make new mitochondria that can help with ATP production. And we know the importance of keeping our ATP production high as we age. Now moving forward to another compound is rhodiola. So rhodiola mechanism not really understood, but he puts here that a group of geneticists from UC Irvine found that feeding rhodiola roots to fruit flies allowed the flies to live 20% longer. And in another experiment, mice were exposed to lethal doses of gamma radiation and 90% of the mice given rhodiola 30 minutes before the radiation survived just fine in contrast to a 100% death rate in mice not treated at all. So it appears that the body has its own built-in chemical machinery for repairing the damage and that rhodiola helps upregulate this machinery to help protect it from certain radiation. So there's another compound uh, you can add to your list, rhodiola. And I'm moving forward a little a little ahead and again he has so many compounds in here that I could go on and on and just keep listing them and, and talking about them but I just wanted to hit the the main ones the ones I think you should be taking or ones you should be looking in, into now all these compounds are great and all but we need an actual way like he puts here that the elephant in the room and the million dollar question is how can I actually know whether any of these tactics are even working for me to reverse aging and enhance health. So there's certain ways to quantify aging. And the one I wanted to start with was the resting heart rate. So resting heart rate is actually a very strong predictor of early death. And if your resting heart rate is 80, for instance, you're twice as likely to die from heart problems than someone whose resting heart rate is below 50. And you're three times more likely to die if your resting heart rate is over 90. So in other words, resting heart rate is this way to track your your aging. And by having a lower resting heart rate, it's just a better outcome that's going to occur. And in most cases, outside of extremely overtrained athletes and those with a history of diseases, like uh, CAD, heart attacks, and infections, the lower heart rate, the better. That's the take-home message. The lower you can keep your heart rate, uh, the overall better your mortality is going to be. Now, next is telomere testing. So I talked a lot about telomeres already, but now we have technology to even measure your telomere length. I don't think it's the greatest predictor of longevity, but there are certain at-home testing companies like uh, SpectraCell or LifeLength or TeloYears where you can actually... Uh, just take your blood and they'll measure your telomere length and and I guess kind of track of how well you're doing uh, when it comes to your biological age. Uh, a few other compounds I wanted, wanted to mention that you can quantify your aging is your white blood cell count. Uh, hand grip strength is another common one, uh, kind of common but weird. Grip strength is actually known to predict all-cause mortality, risk in middle-aged and elderly people even better than blood pressure. So even this simple device as a hand grip strength 
is a good predictor of all-cause mortality. Now, another weird one is walking speed. So people who walk the fastest tend to die later. So again, people who walk the fastest tend to die later. A study performed in 2013 revealed that out of 7,000 men and 31,000 women who walked recreationally, those with the highest frequent natural walking speed were less likely to die than others. Conversely, a rapid decline in walking speed has been shown to predict death. So walking speed is this other way we can quantify aging. Now next up, we have muscle quantity and quality as well. So some researchers suggest that the more muscle you have, at least to a certain extent, the better you can recover from things that affect elderly like surgeries or falls or breaks, uh, burns, punctures, and the longer you can stave off sarcopenia or muscle loss. And the only caveat to to this is that muscle can't be useless, like we don't want extra body mass that your body has to carry and cool, it must be this high quality, functioning, powerful muscle. So you want muscle and you want this muscle to be function, functional and high quality. So you don't want just to have a bunch of muscle and not use it. Um, but again, mus- the more muscle you have, the better you can recover from these things that old people die of, like a broken hip or uh, you know a fall or a, you know certain surgeries. Um, so again, the, he he goes through other ways you can quantify aging, but those are really the main ones. And I wanted to end off with just these last words. So I'm going to read his last words paragraph. And the world's longest all-star lived, the world's longest long, longevity all-stars live longer, but they live better too, with strong connections to family and friends, active lifestyle, clean air, light and water, a distinct life purpose, an avoidance of smoking, an overwhelmingly plant-based diet, That includes fasting, moderate daily physical activity, and a sprinkling of other natural practices outlined in this chapter. When asked, centenarians also attribute their long lives to mild amounts of good stress, meaning Spartan conditions combined with a life of manual labor, along with a strong sense of community. In addition, modern biohackers and longevity gurus and scientists are increasingly turning to a host of better living through science tools, technologies, and tactics with a strong focus on mitochondrial and stem cell support, caloric restriction, and fasting strategies, supplements, IVs, and injections. And to summarize myself, really, a lot of the stuff he mentioned in this chapter can be found in Blue Zones. Some of these practices he mentioned, like uh, daily physical activity and uh, community-based, family-based living Uh, But at the same time, we know we can do this stuff in the blue zones, but we can also increase uh, ways to improve our longevity by quote-unquote hacking and doing certain tools like injections or or certain drugs as well, certain technologies that help uh, support our stem cells. So if you can combine both the simple stuff, like, again, physical activity, exercise, uh, sleeping well, eating a healthy diet, combined with other things. Uh, this is a recipe for success, and this is a recipe for improving your health span. So that is it for Ben Greenfield's Boundless Longevity Decoded Chapter. Again, this book is 630 pages, so there's no way I'm reading it all. Um, 
but I hope you enjoy this book. I hope you learn something. And uh, I hope you tune in next week for another book or another topic. Thanks for listening.